Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Music Business Podcast. Jordan, how are you feeling? I'm good, man. What's up with you? Not much. Super excited to have our guest today, Dan Snow. Dan is a serial entrepreneur, uh, online marketing OG. He is the founder of uh, multiple companies, some of which have been acquired. Most notably for today's conversation, he runs one of the biggest hip hop Instagram networks. They run pages at rap, at bars, at verse, um, which collectively have over 5 million followers. Beyond that, he also is... um, he knows how to scale product-based businesses. He's built multiple e-commerce brands, goat case, uh, uh, iPhone cases, has sold tons of units, hundreds of thousands, if not millions. So I think his experience when it comes to growing Instagram profiles and when it comes to selling stuff online is super valuable. And in this episode, we get very tactical. We also speak a little bit high level, but I think you're definitely going to walk away with some uh, really potent, actionable advice. Yeah, I think one thing that he really gets into is what he's learned from running at rap, at bars, at verse, um, and how that can relate to artists in the music industry, whether that's shout out campaigns, whether that's advertising on social media. And he even talks about things that he's told labels and things that some labels have yet to absorb. So maybe our listeners can absorb that. Um, one thing that I really liked is we haven't really talked about merchandise yet that much on the podcast. And I'm, I'm super grateful that he came on here to talk about his experience with e-commerce and how you can translate that experience into, into actionable things in the music industry. So yeah. I think that'll be super interesting for our listeners. And I know I definitely learned a lot from it. So you can, you can tell during the episode that a couple of times when he called out you know, laziness and naivete. I could, I could see myself kind of like, oh, wow, there are some things that I should be doing myself. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I learned and I'm super, I'm super excited that you guys can, can learn it as well. Yeah. Amazing. Well, without any further ado, let's jump into the show. Dan, what's good, bro? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you guys for having me. Excited to be on, on the, on the podcast. Glad to have you on the podcast. So I think it's cool. I know I've worked actually, this is like a funny full circle episode because in the early days of Jordan and I's relationship, I was actually running like Instagram shout out campaigns for some of the artists on Jordan's roster and was doing them largely through rap. And I I know at rap and your kind of Instagram portfolio is like one of your many different like companies that you're running. So we'll dive into all that, but I think it's, it's fun Started by meeting Jordan, running shout outs with your page, and now having you on the show. Super excited, man. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for starters, I mean, we'll dive into at rap and just kind of the Instagram network you've built up. I think at rap is at like 4.6 million followers, mm-hmm. one of the biggest like hip hop Instagram communities, uh, ventures into other platforms, other profiles on Instagram. Can you just talk a little bit about the, the founding story, how that came to be, I, uh, what made you want to start it in the first place? Yeah. So um, a little preface before I even get into that, which would make more sense. I was already pretty big in the social media scene. I think at this point I had already created around eight to 10 million followers on Twitter. Um, and I believe around four to five million on Instagram at the time. So during this period of time, I was looking to create a, you could say a, a brand out of these Instagram pages rather than 
a lot of these other uh, pages out there that might have millions, if not tens of millions of followers, they're just pages. So um, I was in the mindset of what can I get into that would essentially leverage its following in a meaningful way and create an impact and at the same time, not rely on these scammy type of uh, advertisers that a lot of these types of pages have to have to rely on as a source of revenue. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought that Number one, uh, rap, the entire culture of rap, this was back in 2014, I believe I created it. There was an entire culture, cultural movement behind it. And there was so much endless amounts of content because things are just happening nonstop from the, uh, obviously there's new music coming out nonstop. There's drama nonstop. There is um, just new stories going on nonstop. So it's, we can post all of that and create an actual community on social media, which no one was really doing at the time. Even Worldstar, I mean, they were just kind of posting memes at the time. There was literally no centralized type of um, hip hop community on really social media, I would say. So um, I literally just found the owner of the rap page and mm -hmm. I acquired it from him and I grew the page just knowing my know-how of, of the, how the platform worked. And I, I obviously had all the insights on how to grow pages and communities and stuff mm -hmm. like that at the time. And um, it was definitely a long time coming. This was like where we are, where we're at now uh, was like my four like vision of what it could be. And now it's actually coming to fruition. So uh, it's pretty cool to see what it is, what it is today. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Can you dive a little bit deeper into some of the tactics that you use to actually help grow the page? Yes. Yeah, so um, it's pretty simple, actually, because <laughs> people always ask me like, oh, there's a magical way of growing Instagram. There's really not. It's very, you do one thing, you spend money. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not a magic way. So we spent a lot of money on, uh, on shout outs. We paid all different, all the pages who had similar demographics as our target audience. Mm -hmm. And we grew our page. Obviously, it helped that we had the handle of rap, it had credibility and automatically people see that and understand what we're trying to do. It's clearly rap. The name's rap. So that helped a lot, but it's, we literally just spent money and most importantly posted good engaging content and it was very curated on all capacities. So that is really all we did to grow the page. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is what we, we had the, uh, the vision of is obviously once we grow a following now, how do we uh, create a meaningful community. Now, how do we do this? We saw we saw this by we need to get all of the influential rappers and the influential people in the space not only following our page but engaging with our page on a consistent basis. And we thought that would then make it into the average followers' perspective, just a, a really cool community to be a part of because you never know which post you're engaging with, and you never know who might comment or comment at you. It could be you know. I don't know, Chance the Rapper, Kanye West, or mm -hmm. Machine Gun Kelly, or anyone could pop in at any given time and just join the conversation. So that was what uh, I had envisioned. And now it really has become that. And then the other cool thing is now we actually have relationships with all these types of people because they see the impact of just becoming part of our community, which is now arguably the largest hip hop brand on, on social media. So um, yeah, so those two two things is just spending, not being afraid to spend money to growing our brand, investing into it, 
and then getting the influential people involved in the community. Mm -hmm. For sure. Outside of like spending money, because I know a lot of people just don't have money to spend on shout outs or earlier stage artists in their career. Um, what are some of the other like tactics or kind of more organic or free partnership ways can you use to get more followers online? So the other thing that we did a little bit of, it's a little, uh, it was, it's it had some success was just actually, we still do it to this day. Um, it's just how we can offer obviously, cause even some of these rappers and you know, there's so many of them now yeah. big and small alike that they obviously always want promotion and they don't want to spend money either. Right. So how can we create a, uh, a mutually beneficial relationship for both parties? So we just give each other essentially free promotion, or if it's some of the bigger rap, bigger artists, we do this with, they give the free promotion to one of their artists that they might have signed to their label or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a completely organic, right. um, promotion on both ends. Yeah. Smart. So that is, that has definitely helped a lot. It ha helps with number one, you're getting extremely targeted followers from obviously the rappers themselves. Mm -hmm. And number two, it also helps uh, your opportunity of getting some of these influential people follow your page because they're coming from that source. Right. So that helps a lot. Um, the other type, actually, we've never done it before, but giveaways. Uh, I've done it on other social platforms like Twitter. That was a big way when I had no followers, um, holding giveaways to gain followers and everything like that. Other than I would say this was back in like 2013 or 14, I want to say, but you, when I first started from zero on Twitter at the time, I was doing follow for follow, but that doesn't work on Instagram now anymore just because you follow someone, you're going to get 30 bots follow you. So I wouldn't recommend doing that, but it's really just posting, engaging con content consistently. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Um, because you're going to, you're going to notice that, especially if you're doing uh, that and you're doing the hashtags, whatever. Some posts are going to pop, some aren't, but if, as long as you're consistent over time, you can right. understand how many posts it takes to gain X amount of followers. What are some uh, ways that you built the community between your followers? A big way we do that is just having them join in on the conversation. Mm -hmm. So at the end of a caption, whatever it is, creating a thought provoking question and getting them into the conversation. So it's not about likes or views or whatever it is, because there's so much going on in the timeline at any given moment. But it's how, like you said, how can we get them in the community is, is literally asking them the question. And it's very effective. I mean, it's, it, it works. It's, it's kind of that, that simple. So um, whenever we can, you know, we're always, we're introducing whatever the post is and leaving it off with a question or our opinion and asking them th their opinion. And it's just, it's a really effective strategy. Yeah, I've noticed um, with my artists doing that, not just as a as a company on like at rap, but as a as a brand, as a personal brand. Um, I think it also makes sense to try to build that community of listeners. You know, I always say like the best the best branded artists are the ones where everybody calls them by their first name, mm -hmm. like Chance, Frank, um, because they've created a community of people that sort of just think that they know them, yeah. and it's because they have the they, everyone has this bond. Um, just by being fans of these people. So it's, it's, I'm glad that you're saying that because I've been trying to emulate that with my artists as well. And the other thing, uh, leaving off on that note is that just like you said, we try to answer as many people as we can, mm -hmm. especially when someone's DMing us and we get thousands of DMs right. pretty much daily. Someone's DMing us saying, Oh my, you'll probably never see this, but we're the biggest fan ever. 
blah, blah, blah. We answer every, well, I, we, I try to get the team <laughs> to answer every single DM <laughs> and, um, and show that, you know, we're, we appreciate your support, but it's amazing right. when they see it, they go, oh my God, this is so crazy. Right. I didn't think you would actually answer. And one by one, you know, that's how you create fans of the brand because many other people just aren't going to do that easy step. They're not going to answer. They're just going to ignore. And you have all these, in this case, millions, if not tens of millions of people, just because our reach on all the other posts at the tips of your disposal. So it's, you know, in a large pond, how can you reach every single one of these types of people and create that type of connection? So uh, it adds up a lot over time, you right. know? Right. That's awesome. I was kind of like the content involved too, because I think, and you even mentioned this, like consistently posting, engaging content. Um, like I know you guys are evolving what content you're creating. You started to see certain trends. I'm sure when you guys are getting ready to post something, like every now and then you you already know before you even post it, like this one's going to go. Um, how, how has the content evolved? What are some of the key trends you've noticed across the top performing content on your page? So the content, at first it was just like, we had no centralized theme, like what is rap? Right. We just had the name and it's like, what do we do? We just post like everyone else, the most like viral type of content there is. And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't really go anywhere. That just goes to what we, before I was like creating a brand. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just like, right. it's just a page that's posting like random videos. Mm -hmm. So it evolved into becoming that outlet of now people see it today. It's, they go to rap to see whatever is going on in the entire rap world. That is our goal is anything that is going on. You go to rap to see it. Right. Because there's so much, there's literally, there's no place to find out what's going on at any given moment. Mm -hmm. um, other than an outlet to see, especially for the average rap fan. They don't want, you know, there's so many people now, especially, and there's always new people in the scene. So now we want to create, we, our goal is to create a centralized platform that we're telling people what, happen in the hip hop community today. That's the the goal of really what we're doing. But um, yeah, no, at the, at the same time, it's, it's really cool to see like random videos that, uh, that end up going viral and all that. The most recent one to memory, I'm sure you've seen is that guy doing the, the beat in his car or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. So I saw that post on my Twitter account at like 12 AM, maybe 1 AM. And it had a hundred likes, literally had a hundred likes at a time. And I listened to it like 10 times. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> And I'm like, dope. this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so I post, I sent it to our team and they posted it. And at like 1 a.m., within 30 minutes, it had like 200,000 views and 4,000 comments or something yeah. crazy. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is obvious. Like, this is, this is insane. Cause I'm not the only one that thought this yeah, was crazy. You know, rumor has it that like Meek Mill like scooped that dude oh, up. And did. now they're working he on did, music yeah. together. He did. Yeah. He did. But the crazy thing was that the next day, the tweet had like 800,000 views. That's wild. <laughs> so I wonder, it's like, did we like, you know, like, were yeah. we, did we play an instrumental part in that? Or did, was it organically going to happen? Or, right. But yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I think uh, super cool to hear. Can you talk a little bit about, I think, um, like something similar early on, you kind of came across YBN Corday and um, saw a lot of skills, saw a lot of talent and tried to find ways to really leverage your platform. And then it ended up becoming this like reciprocal, like growth opportunity. So the number one, we, we realized that the number one way at the time to get the average person engaged or want to follow a rap page is freestyles. 
Yeah. That's really it. And Corday was just, and, and still is, I guess, just like a, a sick freestyler, very <laughs> talented. Yeah. Um, and we were using essentially his, his freestyles to promote our page. And we let him know of this. So all the posts he was commenting on, engaging on, showing like he was part of that community. And it literally, I mean, now he has like 1.3, 1.4 million followers or something along those lines. And, um, you know, I don't want to take credit for anything, but I like we saw him. I think we started out. He was had like maybe under ten thousand followers, mm-hmm. and our following just grew. I know the first time we shouted him out, he probably gained like thirty thousand followers. Yeah, and not only that, but like I said, he was engaging in all the posts. So right away, he became part of our community, and he was already a an influential type of person. He didn't have the influence he has now, but he was still part of the YBN crew. And at the time, they were super hot with Namir blowing up. Right, right, right. Um, so he was like the newest one up and coming. And he still had, I guess, the, hum- the humble attitude to still want to engage in the community, yeah. which is his own songs and any other types of pages that we were posting his content on. And um, now to this day, whenever we post anything of his, it does better than a lot of other bigger, way bigger name rappers simply because they feel like he's part of the community, he's part right. of their community. And he's consistently engaging in all the, po- not just his posts, but other posts as well. Right. And our followers see that and it goes a very long way. And the thing is, I tell all the other rappers, you know, whenever we're posting something, just engage in it and they'll see those posts or whatever post there is, get, get more engagement because now our community is engaging with them. They're so happy that they're joining the community. And a lot of these people, they won't go the, the, the it's not even an extra mile. They won't take two steps seconds out of their day to say, just type an emoji to do anything. Just right, do, right. do literally do anything, <laughs> which is just blows my mind. Like yeah, yeah, how yeah. that is, you know, like it's just, it's just pure lazy. I don't know what it is. These people <laughs> yeah, are crazy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. How much of ad rap is finding new artists? Not much. We're not real. That's not really our goal on rap is, is right. finding new artists. That being said, we have like, Literally, I would say 80 rappers a day hit us up for promotion. Mm -hmm. We have a lot. So not only rap, so we also have Bars, which has over a million followers, and Verse, which has about 500,000. And our Spotify players that has like 170,000 followers. Amongst all of them, we have the typically these up-and-coming rappers coming to us. Right. So we can see, you know, what's going on and this and that. But um, it's really not part of our model to, to be finding these aspiring rappers and who has talent and who, who we can break or anything along those lines. Right. That's cool. When it comes to how you actually collaborate with a lot of artists, I mean, you mentioned a lot of people hitting you guys up for shout outs. Um, like even in my experience, sometimes like shout out campaigns can be very effective. You can see uh, a huge follower spike on the artist's page. Sometimes you'll see a noticeable like spike on streams. Other times it like falls flat. Like in your experience being on the side of kind of the, the supplier of like people buying shouts, um, the shout plug, uh, <laughs> what do you feel like separates like, or what to you constitutes a good shout campaign where you feel confident that people are going to get like their money's worth? So contrary to what a lot of these people do, especially the labels, the thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars are investing into these music videos are not effective for the most part on 
these social media pages. Right. And typically when I see one of their, you know, their mediocre video, uh, music videos that they're creating, I'm like, you know, it's not going to, it's probably not going to do well. Right. Because people understand like our, our, we're an organic page. Right. You're scrolling your timeline. You see rap posting a music video from some random guy. They know this is not organic, even though it might not say huge letters advertisement. They know that's an advertisement. Right. right. So, um, the best promotions are just how can they make an effective, organic, and engaging video? It's that simple. It doesn't have to be a $10,000, $100,000 video. Right. It has to be something that's, orga- that's organic and engaging. Mm-hmm. And now, especially with the way music is today, it's not only about how good their music is, but you know, is this person interesting? What do they have to offer? Are they offering a unique part of you know, whatever to the culture? Just like Blueface. I mean, you know, he didn't necessarily have great music coming up, but... He was a new part that people like just captivated people's yeah. minds. I don't know what I don't know what it was, but that's a good example of like what we saw right away. Anytime we post this guy, it's just going crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I would say just how can people create something that's engaging mm-hmm. and organic? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot to unpack there because for starters, yeah, I definitely think that it's crazy seeing how much money gets spent in like music video production to create this like crazy super produced music video when even just investing in like ongoing organic, like they'll drop a music video and have not posted on Instagram like once in the past month. It makes zero sense. Like I didn't even talk to the labels. They're like, yeah, we just... We have a small budget. We just spent 25K on the music video that no one's going to see. Yeah, yeah. And we have $500 for promotion. I'm like, you know, like, do you guys <laughs> not like see what's, right. I, I don't understand the, 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 the logic in a lot of these budgets, but. I can speak a little bit to that. So I obviously work with um, a few artists myself. And um, I think something that I forget about um, that they always remind me of is how important quality is and how important a backlog of quality is. So if we if we put this much money in this video now, even though a lot of people aren't going to see it off the bat, when when we do have the budgets to really expand it and, you know, bust this thing wide open, people will ha- be able to go back to these videos and say, wow, he's been making quality from the jump or she's been making quality from the jump. Um, yeah, that's, that's, not- a, that's a really good point. Yeah, not not to say that's necessarily the right or wrong thing to do, but, you know, very early on, I learned, um, especially with some of my clients that weren't really too big to start. It was like, no, Jordan, we have everything. It has to be quality, everything. I guess it really just matters on your uh, initial approach. Right. Because, I mean, if you have a set amount of money, it just becomes, it comes to happen what's, you know would I rather invest in the content, but no one's going to see it? Or do I best invest in getting myself known to get it, allowing myself to get the platform and you can do it in a very quality manner and then allowing that me to then, um, you know, get all my followers watching this quality or whatever right. it is, or, you know, something along those lines. Or but, over time yeah, it flips or something. Yeah. You know? Something along those, but that, that is a, that is a pretty good point, which I can see. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I guess there's always multiple perspectives, but. I guess it just depends on that long-term plan from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, even then too, it's like, I'd still largely push back and be like, you can cut your budget, still create quality. And like, what's quality? I mean, 
just put more money towards distribution. Like there's way too much good music. There's way too many good music videos that just have no eyeballs and no views well, and no streams. You know, part of that also depends on the artists and their artistic integrity, right? Like if what it like the, the videos, obviously, you know, as as artist managers and as as a record label, you know, we really yeah. care about what it looks like. Obviously, we're we're putting our money into it, but at the end of the day, the artist is the one who gets to approve or disapprove the work. You know? Yeah. So like you know, it, like I said, you know, the artists that came to me, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't out of like, you know, let's not be smart about this. It's just, right. It was just like, Jordan, I have to continue to put out quality no matter what, you right. know? Yeah. But I mean, just and not saying this is like your sole belief, but to yeah. play devil's advocate and dive yeah. into this deeper. And this like, is also my, yeah. that's also partially what I do at my company too, is to play devil's advocate. Right. So I would be you in this situation. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, all right, cool. But, you know, let me show you the numbers and then right. maybe we can find a balance between right. the two. That happens also, you know? Yeah. I mean, the guy, Jake Udell, who writes a really awesome like newsletter and blog, yeah. Art of a Manager. Of a manager yeah. um, he actually, one of his newsletters spoke about this and he actually compared the proportion, like the breakdown in building creative versus like ad spend right. with a lot of major industries. So if you look at like Dove or any like major corporation, like, yeah, they're putting a lot of money into these like commercials, but the amount of money that they're like to produce the commercial itself, like the actual ad, but then the amount of money that they're spending in distribution when it comes to Facebook ads, when it actually comes to paying for TV spots, the vast majority ends up actually be go uh, ends up going towards distribution. And oftentimes in music, it tends to be like fully backwards. So he was really trying to make the claim that this is like, we need to shift in that direction. So right. I have a lot of insight into this because it's not just music. It has to do with really anything. Mm -hmm. Apps, products, right. music, you know, everything that essentially they are a product, right, right, right. productized. So it's very, it, to me, it's very simple. You want distribution. Well, let's say you're, you want the market. It's all, you're all marketing, right? Mm -hmm. There comes that inflection point where it determines your product takes you to the next level. And if you don't have an amazing product, that's when you stagnate or then start right. to go down. Mm -hmm. So that being said, if you really truly are an amazing artist, who cares if you have a $100,000 music video, $25,000 music video, 2000, let's say you don't even have any music videos. Once you have that notoriety, then your product will then take you to the next level. Right. And you can put out music videos whenever you want. That being said, it should never be all or none. It should be oh, oh, yeah. always it should, even it should be a balance. Yeah, but yeah. that being said, you know, to me, the marketing and getting known is the most important thing there is. You know, people either have talent or they don't. They should always be working on their craft. Right. But um, in this day and age, especially with social media, I mean, it doesn't matter unless you have the eyeballs and you have that power over your audience. Mm -hmm. So to me, if it, if I had an artist or I have a product, which I do have many, you know, it goes to a lot of it goes towards the marketing, but it's the product that helps you get to the next level and allows you to, um, to prosper really. Yeah. Yeah, right. for sure. And that being on Jake Udell, they don't, <laughs> he has his brother text me nonstop. I'm like, dude, Spend money on ads. It's like, stop sending yeah. me free posts that I might post on my page. So shout out to the Udells. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. With that said, like when it actually comes to free promotion, um, is that, I mean, still you feel like a good use of people's time? Because I know there's like tons of rappers and I'm sure like- Wait, to ask for free promotion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure your guys' inbox is getting like blown up asking for free promo. Like, do you think that's yeah. a worthwhile tactic or investment I think of time? I mean, for us, it's like, to me, honestly, it kind of does more harm than good. <laughs> uh, just because it's like, you kind of have, you don't have respect for what we're doing. 
therefore you want something free, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I even have the same uh, mindset and anything I do. It's like, even when I have interns, I, don't, I will, I'll pay my interns because I want to have that show of faith. Like I, I'm respecting what you're doing. Yeah. So it's like someone is having, let's say someone has the most amazing content and you're like, oh, I, ha- I think this could do good for your page. And you're creating a little thing that's engaging and plugging your artists in there. It's like, this is just a little disrespectful. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, like we have a business to run at the same time. And like, why, why am I going to, why would, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I guess unless, makes- it, unless it has that mutually beneficial, they're saying that's we're going to take all our artists and do this for right. you, which more, a lot of times they might not have that audio, that platform to do that for us. It's right. like, right. you know? Yeah. No, I think it definitely is a, got to kind of like, punch within your weight class, if you will. Because I think if you're going to like at rap as a brand new rapper, yeah, it's not necessarily going to work out. But if you're like a small rapper, 10, 15K thousand followers talking with other, and there are like tons of other pages that are in that smaller range that are still active and you could do like share for share or find ways to co-promote each other. So I think, it, yeah, finding that like good balance. One thing, excited to dive a little bit into the e-com stuff, but one other thing I really want to kind of double down into is, I mean, you just mentioned like, engaging content, like performing better in ads. If you're just repurposing a music video, it's not going to work. Can you talk about some of the stuff or like engaging content that you have seen work well in paid shout out campaigns? Um, like I said, freestyles and now rap is like it, on social media. That's what people love to see. So that always typically works best, especially mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's just something just like really it might not even have to do with rap. Like I, I saw one recently, it got over a million views and it was a rapper that was like pre- uh, pretended to like trap himself in, uh, in a freezer or something during a music video. And I was like, and they, <laughs> so they completely staged this yeah, and then distribute on our page as a, as like a, 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 I forget what they did, a news thing or video or something of this dude literally looking like he freezed to death, <laughs> but his, his name and his brand is something along the lines of like freeze or something like he was like blue, like yeah, 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 dread. Yeah. So it's like all went in and he got over a million views, probably gained tens of thousands of followers and wow. like just went viral, I guess. Cause the people actually get people thinking that, you know, yeah. a rapper was actually was so crazy that he got stuck in a freezer or something for sure. Random like that. For sure. Um, so that, yeah, so it's really just like, how can you, and that's obviously something very creative. That being said, it goes back into, do you want to be known as that for your brand? It's like a very tough thing, you know, especially if you're mm-hmm. someone very talented. That being said, it's like, there's so many of these guys that are getting crazy famous off doing dumb stuff like that. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also on the like social side, I know you've kind of been in the game for a minute, growing pages for a while. What um have you seen change just in the actual like approach of growing pages? And I, I mean, obviously, like certain platforms come and uh, come and go. I mean, what trends or what things have you seen evolve on a more kind of like thematic level across like social media when it comes to growing accounts over the past like five or so years? There really hasn't been that much that's changed. I mean. Six years ago, it was just, how can we spam as hard as possible? <laughs> That's literally all it was. Like, how can I find the most clickbaity video that has nothing to do with my page at all? And like, stop the video short. And people just say, go follow, see what happens. Yeah, next. Yeah, that yeah. was like 
2015. Everyone <laughs> was doing that. Right. And it was obviously very effective. You're gaining 40, 50,000 followers in a day consistently. So you grow very fast. But in the long term, that just annihilated everyone because back in 2015, there was no algorithm. It was all, uh, you know, whatever was the latest post on the timeline. Right, right, right. And why it hurts them today is that now it has the algorithm and all these people that followed them back then are just very unengaged. They don't care about the, the right. page at all. They follow them probably because of some random clickbaity video and they don't even probably know they're following the page. Right. So it's hurting their engagement rates and percentages. And, and, yeah. so, and that's why you see a page with 10 million followers that's getting like five, 10,000 likes. Right. So um, that being said, people are still doing that a little bit to this day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, gaining followers on private because people, you know, still want to follow to see the page and see right. what's going on, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, other than how aggressive it used to be, just because Instagram wasn't as strict, there really hasn't been that much that's changed from like 2014 to now. Right. Um, other than I would say people are definitely at the same time a lot more, they're a lot more aware of the, the curation of their content and the high quality nature of their content. So they're putting a lot more time and energy into that Yeah. because of the algorithm. But there really hasn't, other than, than that, they're still growing their pages the same what the same spammy way. Yeah. They're yeah. just trying to keep it on brand or on right. theme now. For sure. For sure. That's awesome. I mean, it's interesting to see the progression and I think paying attention to what's working. I, I think even from our perspective too, it's like just being a very active like listener on socials, like seeing what sort of content's really starting to pick up steam. And then next thing you know, a couple months later and like everybody's doing the same thing. So mm -hmm. when it comes to different types of content, um, and, there's gotta, no, and that being said, there's always the new trend. That's right, like the right. one thing. It's like just one trend to the next trend to the next yeah. trend to the next trend. Like just thinking, you know, it used to be like the Singapore thing everyone was doing. Like, you know, when you put your location in Singapore, you're like post goes to the top of everyone's feed. That was like oh. two years ago. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Was like, that. that I was like two years ago. And <laughs> and then it became the IG the IGTV. That is like a little algorithm fix so right. that like goes to the top of people's feed and then they that still works from still, your perspective um I'm still leaning into that i believe yeah, it still yeah. works for sure yeah. you get more reach it's yeah. an absolute fact yeah. we've, we've been trying to do that yeah instagram any honestly anytime instagram is typically trying to release a new feature it just gives you that yeah. reach. Because they're trying to addition. foster adoption. Exactly. People it's using like how it first Instagram Live was like all over my feed. Yeah, people yeah. who went live, exactly. I wouldn't even that know I was following people. Yeah. Yeah. And all Facebook, of a sudden, exactly. When Facebook watch pages came out too, yeah, it's like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like you, you switch to reach. Facebook watch yeah. and like post the same exact video. Exactly. So, but that's, that being said, it's like these kids use it and then they just abuse it as fast <laughs> as right. humanly possible. I mean, that's like marketing tactics and I mean, a lot of tactics across every industry in general. It's like, you have the early movers that see something works well and tend to get the best returns. And then early majority like starts doing it and then gets to a point where it just has diminishing returns. There's so many people doing it in that same vein. I mean, how do you feel about that in regards to like Instagram shout outs? Do you feel like we're, re I mean, I think as a marketing tactic, it's becoming a lot more like mature, like there's maturity of the tactic, like more and more people are doing it. Like uh, a year ago, this was still very like, a new thing to be doing for a year, a couple of years ago. You couldn't and, even tell a couple of years ago when it was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like now, you did, you know. I mean, now it's it's pretty standard. I mean, 
I, mean, I wouldn't say standard. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's still some level of like progressiveness needed in order to be experimenting with this stuff, but it, definitely a lot more popular than it was. Like, do you feel like it's getting overly competitive and that it's like there's diminishing returns and shout outs in general? I mean, you can even use your experience too, just from like an e-commerce perspective. And I would say the, you- the only reason why there's diminishing returns is, is just the algorithm. Yeah. Um, that's really it. So it's just, you know, for example, if you're posting like, I'll say example again, it's a page with 5 million followers back in maybe 2015, you know, you're getting, let's say three to 600,000 views on an ad mm-hmm. versus now you literally might get 20,000 views. Right. So it just comes out to how good is your content and how engaging is it? Right. And, um, that being, so if you do have that amazing high quality content, you're still going to be able to get everything out of the shout outs, mm-hmm. which is still way cheaper than Facebook ads for the most part, if you have good content. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it adds that organic factor that ads don't add. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my, my thought on that. Makes sense. Um, but it, like I said, it matters if it's, if you're talking about it from perspective of e-commerce or a brand or a service or an artist or just a page, like, what type of diminishing return or in general, mm-hmm. or what, what, what do you, like, what were you referring to? I mean, I, I think diminishing returns from a just advertiser competition, like as there's, there's like relatively like somewhat limited supply of shout outs. And if there's more and more advertisers doing it, the demand gets so much higher that the prices just start to increase on shout outs to the point that like spending X dollars on a shout out just doesn't carry the same weight or impact as it used to. So there, it's broken down into two things, how I see it, at least on social media. There's the theme pages, right? like the, you know, the funny pages, the makeup pages, the clothes, whatever it is, the clothing pages. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the influencers. And then there's the people who think they're influencers and then there's celebrities. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's Jordan. <laughs> Thank the influence. Yeah, yeah, put fine. me on blast like that. <laughs> so, so, anyways, so the real premium people who, like you said, everyone now is coming into the space. Those people are getting more expensive. The real mm-hmm. people who have the real true influence. Mm-hmm. The theme pages who just, like I said, are spammed out. Their prices have gone down tremendously in the last two to three years. And then the other people who just are able to create great content, but not might not necessarily have great influence. Like you said, their prices have gone up because they're not just influencers. They're also kind of, you know, business owners in their own sense, because they're not only hired to, for their following, they're hired to create awesome content. They're leveraging social media to allow advertisers to see them. And it's like a social proof of, look, this is how good my content is. Right. I have so many people following it. And not necessarily I have influence over them, but this is just how good it is. Like they might not even be involved in the content. Right. Some of these content creators. So that's kind of how I see it in that perspective. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. For sure. I think one thing that we've experimented with too is actually like finding, um, like outside of some of the curation pages is actually like finding and paying people to create their own content. And then like for an artist, like finding dancers and having them make a dance video. Right. And then you could even take that dance video and then shop it around to a dancing curation page. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, that's the yeah. next step, right? Like incorporating whatever the ad is, whatever you're advertising into whatever the page's theme is or whatever the yeah, artist's exactly. brand and that, is. And, right. like, and that's how you do exactly what I said before is that's how mm-hmm. you get that organic content. Right. And then you distribute it. Right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so some of these people have caught on 
and a lot of, some of the labels have some of the more savvy ones, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely being done, um, but not done. Well, some people are, but it hasn't been done too well for everyone, especially the more uh, independent guys. Like they're not yeah, catching on to that. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, cool, man. So I do want to shift a little gears into e-commerce. I know you have a solid, like super heavyweight portfolio of different like product brands that you've developed throughout the years. Um, is Goatcase your biggest brand or what are your like biggest products? So we sold Goatcase actually a few months ago. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thank you. But yeah, awesome. uh, we, uh, and then we manage them through our agency. Mm. Um, but nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> we sell this company and have them yeah. keep paying me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was the goal. But uh, so um, what has been our biggest product? So Goatcase was big. We sold hundreds of thousands of, 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 of phone cases. And then our other two products that are probably bigger was one of the strapless push-up bras mm-hmm. with his string pushes up the girl's bras. We sold, how, how'd you come <laughs> up with this one? Uh, we, we, we te- we, we, we're always testing products. We're always <laughs> testing. Yeah. We're always testing new products. And we just saw, we just saw that like, Kind of organic way that you know it could create <laughs> yeah. that like you could sell it through video, yeah, yeah right, right, because right. it creates that no, instant hey, effect, and yeah, you, it's we, real, it's real. We push it out to all the influencers and mm-hmm. put it on on paid ads, and uh, and just really blew it up. We had a big campaign, sold hundreds of thousands of those units. Wow. Um, are you drop shipping these? Or are you ordering? No, so go case and. Uh, Perfect Sculpt, that comp- that brand, we were actually fulfilling it all ourselves. Wow. Like wow. ourselves, like in a warehouse. Like putting them in the mail for people. Yeah. Wow. So we did it ourselves. <laughs> the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. Wow. The worst by far. So much you time. You got a pretty wasted. good life then, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there are some interesting stories. But uh, no, we fulfilled over a million orders. Wow. Ourselves. So it was That's pretty rough. cool to, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool to see that. Um, but we now outsource it. So we have all that all off our plate, but, uh, yeah, so those perfect gold and goat case are definitely two of our biggest brands. Awesome. Can you talk about, I think for artists that are looking to either create and sell merch, I mean, you have like smaller artists and bigger artists. Um, I mean, for like a mid tier artist, they might already have some level of community. I mean, we'll start with merch. How would you recommend that they go about actually generating more revenue off of their merchandise? Are we talking like typically when we say merch, like just like t-shirts and all that stuff? Or? Yeah. I mean, I think I can. Uh, the second part of the question was going to be like other product opportunities to explore okay. for artists. I don't know if we want to dive into that now, but I think even just like if it is just t-shirts, like how do you sell more of them? So one, I would, which I tell all, all of these artists themselves and all, more often than not, they're not listening to me, but... It's literally <laughs> simple getting a proper advertising campaign in place. Mm-hmm. Just basic retargeting mm-hmm. all of your, your fans on Instagram, Facebook, basic Google. Just how typically e-commerce brands utilize all the platforms in a paid way. Right. Do the same thing for your brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason why they're not. Because number one, you don't want to spam your own Instagram page right. nonstop all the time. Mm-hmm. But when you create, you can use still your content that you're posting on your page, on your brand's page and reach your own followers, which you can literally do. You can literally share everyone who's ever engaged with your Instagram or Facebook page and right. 
X amount of days, mm-hmm. reach them through then your brand and still speak to them right. in still a somewhat organic manner because it's not, you know, spam on their from coming from their page. That it's very effective. It's that simple. Right. Whether you want to just retarget these people right. or you want to find new customers who might not be following your Instagram page directly, but you're also actually making awesome apparel. Right. Um, and then just setting up your e-commerce store properly, like not being lazy about it and actually taking it from a professional approach. Right. Putting in all the email drip campaigns, mm. setting up your store for optimized purchases and everything mm. else that mm. typical e-commerce stores and brands are doing. Mm. Um, it seems like a lot of these people in the music industry just are completely neglecting that. Right. And will just throw up a very basic site to, you know, God knows who is setting it up for them and just praying and, you know, making a video, posting and just watching the numbers come in. But there's right. still a lot more that they should be doing that that they're just really just wasting money, you know, in, in potential dollars. Except so. Chance. Chance the Rapper's merch business yeah. is the biggest. Like, it's I think the biggest, of- but who says it can't be bigger? If you, yeah. you know, right. I, I don't know exactly what he's doing. Right. But yeah, I mean, who knows what, how it can be bigger. Even just like the basic like remarketing ad to even just like site visitors, like at somebody at his scale too. It's like, if you have all these people that are going to his website, but not actually like well, checking I mean, out. His it, management company owns a merchandising company. Yeah. Well, I'm just so, kind of generalizing more for yeah, like yeah. artists and in we general. we can find out right now. Anything. It's yeah. Facebook Pixel gives Tucker. you, yeah. well, that's just that. Facebook gives you uh ads library. Yeah. You can see if any page is running at. Right. right, right. What? That's crazy. Yeah. 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 No, they started General doing it that. after, after after Russia started trying to, <laughs> yeah, I think, so. I think, no, I think yeah. that was well, no, that was actually one of the big turning points because they yeah. made it uh, change towards more transparency yeah. in all their ads. Yeah, but no, I mean, I think for artists too, it's like you install a Facebook pixel on your website so you can start tracking like people that are actually visiting, and then if you do have like merch, it's like set up the product catalog with Shopify, start remarketing. Mm-hmm. You can, I think that that's the even if you don't want to spend that much money, if you have like tens of thousands of people visiting your site and a small percentage of them are actually converting. Like the most qualified audience of people when it comes to like driving more sales is going to be people that didn't check out, but visited your site and you can mm-hmm. literally serve it, like serve them an ad with the exact product they looked at. You know, and by the way, merch sales to my knowledge now count for album sales. So that's another huge yeah, all thing. These artists are sneaking in the digital download. So that's another thing. And yeah. I'm yeah. even telling labels this and the label, the huge labels, they're still completely ignorant to this. Yeah. And they don't even want to, it blows my mind. I yeah. don't think anyone in the, like, Anyway, there's probably some, like a majority of people are just completely neglecting this. Yeah. And they are extremely ignorant and closed minded and they don't want to treat their business like a business, like right. a business owner treats well, their yeah. business. Mer- merchandising also should, I think, be treated as a separate business. Yeah. Every for, single for, artist for the, before, every single artist that is selling <laughs> merch needs to start doing digital downloads to get those album sales. But go ahead. Uh, I don't know. It depends. Why not? Some people, Why not? Because some people get called out on that, and then you have to, you have to, you have to balance, you know, the res- the type of artist you want to be and the and the respect that you get with with with. You really think you really think you're like losing that much respect? Like, I don't the know. People, the That's people, really new. That's I mean, really the, new. So in I don't my know. experience, the people whenever there is disrespect, and I can't recall the specific moments, but it's when an artist didn't hit Billboard number one, and they were like number two, and it's because the person that did hit number one was like doing the digital download thing. And then the number two is like spiteful. I can't remember the artist, but that was like a specific like storyline in that regard. I guess, but also like- I think I you're talking about the Travis Scott and the, and uh, 
What's her Nicki Minaj? Like yeah. that thing. Like all like he he was number one because of oh, Travis. Yeah, yeah. She was yeah. Because exactly. of merch. Right, 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 right. Exactly. So, yeah, jokes on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you don't want to do ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like don't number do one, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, it really, especially like you said, some of these people are driving hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of of visitors to their stores and just like they're losing so much money by right. not having a proper strategy in place mm -hmm. yeah. and not working with experts. They're just working yeah. with, you know, I, I don't, I, they're just taking a very lackadaisical, lackadaisical approach to it. Right. 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 So. It's passive. It's passive a yeah. lot of times instead of active. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting though, because it's like, uh, there's only so much revenue on the table in some of these emerging artists careers. So when it comes to actually being able to like make the investment to start to actually like pay for experts, it can get tricky. It's where the snow agency comes in. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think at that point, though, like, Shout the snow agency. I think at that point, you just chalk it up to like none of this being easy. And you kind of have to, if, if you're an artist that doesn't have a manager, doesn't have a label, then you have to figure that out yourself. Like it's, it's hard. That's, yeah. that's, it's not supposed to is, be I've, easy. Like said, I've spoken to some big names, some big labels, and I talk to the artists themselves. They're very interested. And then they put me in touch with the labels with I already know the people at the label. And it's like, oh, you, you know, it's and they're just like, they just don't get it. I don't know what else yeah. there is to say. Labels, I'm like, I mean, you know, I guess it also depends on their deal. Yeah, now, if it's a 360 like, deal, that yeah, makes say, more the sense. Sell they more. It's like, don't you guys want to sell more, like make more money? It's like, right. they're not even doing well, this. It, I, it, I don't that, get it. That depends on the, the deal the artist has with the label. Because sometimes if the, the artist or the label really will never see the merch sales. So if they if they do see merch sales, I could see them being like, yeah, let's do this. But if they don't, I could see them being like, I mean, yeah, let's we'll tell the manager. And then it's on the manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just depends. I think I think for really I mean, I know on the management side of things, um, you know, we try to take merch as seriously as we can, given all of the other demands that we have. That being said, I don't know what the situation would be like, not necessarily EQT, but at a much bigger label where they don't actually, where they're not like invested monetarily in merchandise, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's like hard. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say like we do the best job. I think we do like a pretty solid job where I get it better every day, but um, it is hard dealing with, you know, artists and the demands that they have on their career and at the same time running a merchandising business. I could even see an arm of an entire company being merchandise because it's just such a big, it's such a big yeah. ask for for managers, you know? For sure. Yeah. One realm too, I mean, outside of like merch, product discovery. Like I, I think outside, I mean, t-shirts, yeah. I mean, t-shirts are interesting. It's the go-to like merch item, but I think like you can get creative within the t-shirt realm and create like a really cool t-shirt. But I think there's also bigger opportunities to just identify new, um, like on-brand products that yeah. artists can sell to monetize their following. Like, do you have any insight? I mean, just as far as like how you approach product discovery that might be helpful to artists. Um, or I, I actually had this conversation with with like a really big artist manager just yesterday. So they're starting to catch on, but it's very it's very hard. I mean, there's no other <laughs> way to say it because. The number one thing is that, yeah, you, you can find products, you can find super trendy products, really cool products, but then it becomes the issue of, okay, well, how good is this product? How, how great is this product? Do you want to put your name behind it? Mm -hmm. And then the, 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 and then the, the final thing is that, uh, like I told, um, I had this kind of insight myself is that 
you can't, the best way to create a brand, especially now is to really, you don't have to create this trendy type of brand. You don't have to introduce this brand new item, but the most impactful and meaningful brands are, are brands that are selling everyday items mm-hmm. and just doing it in a unique way with even just, you, you can do the same way, just different people behind it. Mm-hmm. So, and like I said, look, look at the, some of the recent B2C brands that got sold. Movement watches, they got sold for $100 million. Pure Vita bracelets, they also probably over $100 million. I know they took $75 million cash. Right. And they're selling bracelets, they're selling watches. Another, all the face wash companies, they're selling, you know, just face wash. Kylie, she's selling makeup. Right. They're not some crazy invention that, you know, you have to worry about all this technology and whatnot. So I say, how can you think of something very, you know, that isn't going to, you can, it's a lot easier to bring a quality product to the market, Mm -hmm. use your influence and your connections um, and relationships with obviously all the other people, put it behind the brand. And that's how you create something meaningful. And you have to worry about how can I create like some crazy type of, technology. So that's kind of my insights on it is not just like, and merch is like you said, merch is, is something as completely different beast like t-shirts and stuff, but just how can you create a brand of, of something that taking the approach of, 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 you know, that e-commerce store owners taking, how can I find something in the market and make it, you know, put a little twist to it in any way that's, everyone is using. Mm-hmm. So it's, it sounds a lot easier than it really is because <laughs> it's, it's very hard to do that. But especially with some of these bigger artists, I mean, they're, they have insane influence. Mm-hmm. Um, they could put that behind nearly anything, just like right. the, the Kardashians are doing and, you know, just literally disrupt the market off their name, right. Right, not right. off the product, off their name. And that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so yeah. they can, they can choose anything. They can choose a power, you know, Kylie Jenner can, Sell decide to sell power banks tomorrow. It's going to be the number mm-hmm. one power bank. Right, Travis Scott. You know, I'm sure Kanye West. They can create the number one power bank tomorrow if they really want. Right. It just how can you create something that is going to be a high quality product? Right. How much of um how much of that of the merchandise people make that are artists? How much of it do you think has to align with their brand versus what they think they can promote well? It's a it's a good question. I mean. So like you said, they could, you know, obviously yeah. they'd have a, a so really I think power it, sh- bank, it should definitely be on brand because you, you want to use your relationships that, and your relationships are probably going to be in your field. Right. So you want to use as many relationships as you can to get behind the brand. Kind of like, you know, like I said, I mean, Dre did it with beats. How did that happen? Every single artist was wearing him. He was obviously in the music industry and all right. the music people are wearing it. Kanye West, obviously, all the influential rappers and everything are wearing his apparel. That goes kind of back to that. But um, I mean, there's I, there's probably tons of other rappers that I can't think of right now. I mean, Rihanna people, and Fenty Beauty is like not only is oh, yeah. not only is Fenty Rih- Rihanna, Beauty. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And that's a, just a great line too. You yeah, know? So I know there's also Lady Gaga. She just released her own cosmetics company mm. that's crushing it. That's awesome. Um, and there's other people, you know, George Clooney just sold the tequila he, company for over a billion dollars. He's he sold that? Casamigos. Yeah. Multi, multiple billions. What? Yeah. I mean, even the good fat stuff. Jewish just I it think is he, good he stuff. had a, he had a huge exit too, selling, you know, the little sparkling rose, rose sparkling rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think hundreds of millions. So um these rappers have just as much influence 
but it becomes how can you become also now a savvy business person and a good right. business person or get the right team to advise you and get them involved on, right. on doing that. Because right. you said it's like, yeah, creating music, especially is one thing that should be your focus. But then there's all these other things you have the potential of doing. You know, a lot of it is just getting the right team in right. place. And leaving no stone unturned. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's really interesting. And I think very, like, tactical for artists of a certain caliber. I think um, I, I, I think it tends to largely get neglected by a lot of teams. Not to say that I think um, that tends to be when you really, in the, like, I guess, cash cow phase of an artist's life cycle where they've already, like, built up a bigger brand and they can make a much bigger move. But I... I think you can still build these that, things. I guess you yeah. can still build it very much in tandem. And I, yeah, I think yeah, artists yeah, really yeah. evaluate that more and identify what are like on brand products they can build. Right. Yeah. And right. fans will get behind anything. You know, like it's like they don't see it as like, oh, like if he's if someone's your favorite artist, you're gonna get behind what they're doing and ask right. no questions. Totally. So I think a lot of these people might have those initial thoughts, kind of like you said, like, oh, I don't know if like my fans will take a liking to this. But it's like at the end of the day, for the most part, if your true fans will get literally behind what you want right. to do. Right, right, So it's kind of the same thing as, you know, if you want to release a song, it's like the same way, why can't you release a new type of, of product or something along those lines? Yeah. You know, make their, make, just, just make their brand a, a brand, not just, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, yo, this is super random, but I'm putting it out in the world right now. I think at some point, I think hip hop artists will do ads or not even hip hop artists, but musicians will do ads straight up in the songs. They already do. They already do. What do you mean they already do? They already do. In the songs? Yeah. Like it's I, I can see it in music videos. I know in music people. videos, oh, you know, obviously. It's happening in the songs. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about it. Why do you think in the last six months you hear every rapper saying Fashion Nova? Oh, yeah. That's, that's an ad. That's an ad. That's crazy. Fashion it's literally Nova. an ad. They're paying the rappers like to say that. Because they could say anything at that, it's at that moment. Literally, you know I know I mean? that for a fact. Oh, man. So it's happening. Bet. Damn. See? Maybe that's, <laughs> the, next, maybe that's the next thing because I didn't even know that shit was yeah. happening. It's, and, and, and it was, it's crazy. Uh, but because I talked to uh, the owner of Fashion Nova, he told me two years ago that's what he was going to start doing. In the last six months, I'm like listening to a song. Everyone's saying I'm wearing Lil the baby, Fashion Nova Lil jeans. Baby, I'm like, I heard Lil Baby say it on the yeah, song. Yeah, you, you think that Lil Baby just loves Fashion Nova yeah. jeans? I don't think he loves <laughs> it. Like, come on. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure, I'm the sure, ball main bottles sure with the, the Fashion Nova yeah. top, bro. But I bet you when Lil Wayne said approving million dollar deals on my iPhone, Apple did not pay him to say that. No, no, of course not. There, there's <laughs> all those other ones, like, they're, you know, the Fendi and the, this, that, right. like, there's no way they're paying him. And even some of them, some of the brands probably don't even like it. Yeah, when they oh, shut down yeah, Burberry yeah. Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they try to, yeah, Burberry Perry, uh, Lil Yachty's come up producer, right-hand man, had to become the good Perry because he was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. damaging the brand. And I think Gucci Mane got a lot of like flack and at one point almost considered like changing his name. And then Gucci Mane was not about to change Gucci his Mane name. Gucci Mane is an icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, trust me. I love Gucci Mane. But Gucci, Gucci Mane. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. Let me not disrespect him. Gucci Mane. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got the E at the end. But yeah, it's like super savvy. I mean, I don't think there's many people doing it at all because it obviously costs a lot of money. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's happening. So it's you yeah. know it's going to keep evolving too. It's interesting to see what will come next. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a chase to make things more organic, I guess, you know. Totally. No, I mean that's to I guess go full circle. I mean the um 
I mean, the best promotion is stuff that never feels like promotion to begin with. So even when you are trying to promote stuff to the extent that you can get creative to promote it in a very organic way. Um, well, Dan, man, I think this has uh, been a fascinating conversation. I think um, definitely learned a lot. I think uh, so did our listeners. So thank you very much for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having thank me. It was you. a lot of fun. Dan Snow, my man, dropping gems for us on that episode. Lots. Made it rain gems. Rain gems, man. Yeah, I think uh, lots of actionable takeaways from my perspective. I think um, whenever you're promoting stuff, try and find organic ways to promote it, especially if you're running shout out campaigns. You can throw a lot of money down the drain if you're not actually creating content that fits in with kind of what the pages are already doing. But if you are actually able to create cool content that has an organic feel and pay to get it placed on different Instagram pages, it can go a long way. I think from an ad perspective, I, I think, um, I mean, even feel free to hit us up about ads. I think myself have a fair amount of experience doing this for different artists. So always happy to talk more there. I think whether you're trying to sell merch, sell tickets to shows, um, there's a lot of things you can be doing online, running Facebook ad campaigns. And we started to scratch the surface of some of the different uh, ways in which you could approach that. Um, what do you think? Like I said, man, that merchandise, dude, I think, I think one of the biggest takeaways that people can get from this episode is treat your merchandising like a business treated like a business. If you're an artist, you know, from the beginning, you can be making products that are great for your brand and that will be able to sell. You can be doing things to, at the same time, while you're creating, you know, content via your music and your music career, you can, you can have this parallel career with merchandising and they can grow with you and you can be yeah. making, you know, two, three times the profit you were going to, if you were right. just focusing on the creative musically. So yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, guys, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to leave a review or more importantly, if, if you really enjoyed the episode, if you could just forward it to a friend that you think would also like it. I think uh, word of mouth, I mean, all these marketing tactics aside. Yeah, man. Just want to shout out also again to Bands in Town. Bands in Town Studio. We're in here. We're chopping it up. It's been a, it's been a great space to bring people to. Yeah. So huge shout out to Bands in Town. I also want to personally shout out the people who have texted me since last episode and throughout the course of throughout the course of our time. Um, I've had a great time getting to know people's stories. So if you're down to you know just hit me whether you want advice or just tell me a little bit about yourself and let's start building. Six four six seven six zero one nine one four. Let's go. There we go. Text Jordan. Thank you guys. We out. <laughs>